Hi, and welcome to the Virtually Yours podcast, Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed, the no BS hustle-free podcast for business owners who outsource or provide outsourcing services. I'm your host, Rosie Shiloh, virtual assistant advocate and owner of Virtually Yours, the virtual assistant network. Let's get started. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed where I've got the most dynamic, beautiful, colourful woman in the world, Suze Chadwick, here with me today. Welcome Suze. Hello, hello. Awesome to be here. I'm very excited to have you here. I want to do a bit of brain picking with you around your glorious concept of playing big and branding bold and touching on some of the issues people have with with stepping up and actually doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I talk about this all the time. So it is something I'm super passionate about. And I know that it is a deep desire for most business owners to do those two things, which is play a lot bigger and be bolder. But there are many things that hold them back. And so that's kind of like, I feel like that's my why. Like, I feel like that is my mission is to help women to step up into that because I know it's what they want. Yeah. And there's fear around it, isn't there? So it's exciting and it's definitely on the wish list, but there's so much fear around it. So you've actually put together a book that you're going to be publishing very soon by the same name. And I know that it includes some pretty cool tips around this. So can we, can we touch on that today? Absolutely. We can talk about it all day if you like. Oh, good. <laughs> settle in, people. Settle in. All right. This so is going to be an eight-hour podcast episode now. <laughs> like the Avengers movie. Just make yourself comfortable. All right. But we're not going to kill anyone off at the end. Actually, no, no we, maybe we will. But yeah. Hang around. I'm totally going to kill someone off. There's only two of us in the room. But the suspense. I feel it. safe already. <laughs> Thank God this is virtual, she says. Jeez. So, so to start with, though, where did you get the idea of, um, you know, this whole project sort of, you know, message around playing big and branding bold? Yeah, it was through my own experience. So basically I started my business back in sort of 2013, 2014, and I, you know, things were going okay. I was just kind of putting myself out there a little bit and doing bits and pieces, but I it wasn't where I wanted it to be and I wasn't doing exactly what I wanted to do. And something that I talk about a lot is sort of self-coaching and self-realization and things like that. And really just kind of looking, spending some time to sort of stop and go, what is it that I want? Where am I now? And what is that gap? Mm-hmm. And I think that actually taking time out to work that out and becoming really self-aware of what you're doing, what you're not doing, what you want to be doing, what it's going to take, those sorts of questions I think can really help you to propel yourself forward as well. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of sat one day and I had been playing big was something that I'd been thinking about for a while. Uh, And then for one of my conferences, one of my epic conferences that I used to run, I had these cards made up, which was I just had play big brand bold on it. And I'd gotten a designer to create it and it went in the goodie bag. And that's all it was. It was like a little bit of an inspirational thing. And the more that I sort of worked in my business, the more I just realized, I was like, Suze, if you really want to do this, then you have to start playing big and branding bold. And what that means 
is that when I decide to play big, it is a deliberate choice every day to step into the discomfort Mm -hmm. that we all feel and make the decision to show up. And so that is what playing big means to me. So to, to different people, it means different things. And I can talk a little bit about that in a second. But if you want to do the things you really want to do, you have to almost say to yourself, today I'm going to choose to show up. Today I'm going to do something that's a little uncomfortable. Yes, it's a bit scary. But the more I do it, the easier it becomes, the less fear I will feel around it. And the more I will do the things that I really want to do. And branding bold is actually about loving what you put out there. It's about, I love my message. I am passionate about it. I love the way everything looks and feels. And it may not be perfect, but it is at a point where I am proud to shout it from the rooftops. And I think that when you choose to play big on a regular basis, it automatically helps you to brand bolder because you're like, I am here and I am going to like do it and I am going to share what I know and talk about the things that I'm passionate about and nothing's going to stop me is really the underlying current that sits under Play Big Brand Bold. Oh, I love it. I love it. There's nothing quite worse than handing over a business card and apologising for the look and feel of your website or the card or the photos or anything like that. We've all been there where you're kind of like, just, you know, just, just look at the phone number and ignore everything else around it if you wouldn't mind. And it is, it's quite demoralizing and you can't step up when you've got that behind you. Um, and then of course you to be making those active choices for me, just the words showing up means a lot to me because it is very easy to not show up and to just keep doing your doing and and hiding uh, especially being so virtual that we are now uh, is very easy and so I'm constantly sort of talking about, like sometimes I'll tell myself to shut up I'm not showing up but other days I'm like Rosie you've got to show up if you want this to work you have to show up and be excited about it and enjoy it and and each step as you said it gets easier every time yeah absolutely and I just think You know, whenever you think about the people that you love to connect with, people who you're really attracted to when it comes to their business and what they do, like sit and think about what is it that you love about them. And I can almost guarantee that you probably love them because they are showing up Mm. and they are connecting and what they're putting out there feels really genuine and like it really, it obviously really resonates with you as well. And I just think that if you're sort of sitting there thinking, why is this, where, why is this not working for me? Then you've got to ask yourself, well, what are you doing? Like, really, like, it's the whole thing of where do you want to be? Where are you now? And what is the gap? Yeah. 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 And, and it's not a case of build it and it will come. You do need to step up. Yes. So, Especially now, I think as well. Yeah. Like, I think we're just in a very, you know, and I've been talking about this so much is that uh, I spoke at CopyCon, uh, which you were at, Rosie. Yeah, you did a and great job. <laughs> I was, and, I, and I spoke about this at an exchange of breakfast yesterday as well, and it's the whole we've been through, like, the, the Industrial Revolution, we've been through the Technological Revolution, where it was all about perfect and, you know, en masse and all that, and we're now moving into where we are in the revolution of the heart which is where we really want personal connection. We want to see people. We want to hear them. We want to get to know them. We want to support businesses of people who we really love and we, you know, think that, yes, you are for me. And 
we've just really gone into a shift now where we want to be personal buyers. And so your brand matters. And this is the whole thing that your business is the product services and systems that you sell in order to, in exchange for money. And your brand is the emotional connection that people have with you and what you do. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about, that's what showing up is. It's building the brand and the emotional connection of people saying, I want you and what you do because I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, that was one of my favorite things. I shared a lot of notes around that at the conference. So you'd be happy to hear that because it's such a relief for me to hear that we're at that stage because that is how I roll. That is completely how I roll. And I find I really do need to have those connections with people. And so that therefore I've got to practice what I preach. And some people, the little things that they're struggling to show up with can be as simple as having an about us page on their website that says that they are just them and not this big business that they think everybody wants them to be and not just saying, Hey, this is me. Yes, I am. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the other thing is that having you on your website, talking about you and who you are, um, that is like, people want to know that stuff. Like I want to know who you are, what you've done. I want to see a photo of your face. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about you. Like, do you have kids? Do you not? Like, like it's just really about the personal stuff. Like even on my about page, I've got, you know, like the, my favorite place to travel, my, like my favorite martini, my, like it's a lot of business stuff, but then it's a lot about like my kids, me, because that's what people really connect with. Oh, completely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's very unappealing to go to someone's Facebook page or anywhere where they're presenting online and you're just getting stock images and you're getting business words thrown at you and there's, yeah, none of that connection. Although it makes me think that yesterday there was somebody on one of the groups I'm in who was saying that they're wanting to show up more and do Facebook Lives, but they don't think they're attractive enough. Yes. Now, yeah, now that, I mean, I, I actually said to them, I think that by default you are attractive when you stand up and say what you believe in. Um, but what do you have to say about that? Because I can see that happens a lot. Who's not attractive? Like, I just think, I think that there, so when it comes to this, I, when I, before I built Play Big Brown Bod, which is my online course, and obviously I'm writing a book about it now, I interviewed like 50 women one-on-one, which I've talked about. And a lot of this sort of stuff came up. Ah. It was like, what does playing big mean? Like I asked them about 10 or 11 questions and we spent like an hour on the phone, each person. And I asked them, what does playing big mean to you? Uh, When you're not playing big, what are you doing instead? Mm -hmm. Like procrastination, all the rest of it. What are the things that are stopping you from showing up more? And this was something that came up. My weight, uh, the way that I look, uh, the fact that, you know, I don't look like other people. I hate the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. I hate the way I look on camera. Like so many personal things. And so this is something that, you know, we were just talking about. There are five mindset minefields that I talk about in the book coming up um, that I want to dive into today. But the first one is what people think. Ah, there you go. We're so, so worried about it. Yeah. So we but don't give them a chance to think anything. Yeah. And the thing is, is that what you've got to realize is that, and I talk about this when I talk about video all the time, is that when you focus on yourself, you will always, like you'll never do what you want to do. 
when you focus on your audience and the value that you're bringing, why you're there in the first place and how you can help, then all of that will eventually disappear. Like I always joke around. I'm like, if you see me with a cat filter on Insta stories, I look like crap. Like I have no makeup. I'm probably in my sweats. But the point is, is that I'm there to connect. I'm not there to look good. Mm. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the whole point of the new, we're in the revolution of the heart is that we want imperfection. Yes. We are not looking for people who are perfect, who make us feel like we're not enough. We want people who sometimes they look great, sometimes they look like rubbish, but they're just showing up in any capacity. And I think that if you think that you have to look a certain way or you have to, you know, conform to a certain look or sound or whatever it is, I am here to tell you that you just being you is what makes you stand out. It's what makes you different. It's what makes people want to connect with you. So be okay with that. And at the end of the day, if you're not going to go and have plastic surgery and spend $100,000, get over it. Like you look the way you look, you sound the way you sound, and you are beautiful in all of that. Yeah. So just do what you want to do, serve the way you want to serve, share what you want to share, and stop focusing on yourself. Start focusing on your audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, it's funny because even the people that think that don't necessarily jump online and start critiquing how other people look. Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> Look at this thing. You do that. You let me know. I'm cranky right now. Yeah. I actually love it when people keep it real. Like that's, that's what I want because, and that's what I love about being self-employed is that um, the people that are in my community around me, um, the people that I attract are ones that do keep it real and they don't have to pretend to be someone that they're not. And that is the beauty of who they are, as you just said. So I love it. So Yeah. Uh, either plastic surgery or just to get over yourself. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> I'm hoping you go for the latter. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I always joke. I'm, I'm stunning. It doesn't. It doesn't apply to me. Hundred so. percent. And we're all stunning, Rosie. That is. Right. That is the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. You've just got it. I think the older you get, too, that's one of the gifts of age. Is that you just start going. This. This is who I am, and embrace it and share it with other people. So one thing too you can remember is that, you know, much like my house, I keep it messy to make other people feel good about themselves when they go home. You're such a giver. Thank you. And so if I did my hair perfectly every day and the makeup and all that, that alongside my wit and my intelligence would oh be vastly intimidating. Hugely. Yeah. And I think people really will appreciate you doing that. Thank you. I think, I think they do too. <laughs> That's so something I would say, yeah. <laughs> you can't take it all too seriously. That's the whole point, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, and you've got to ask yourself, why am I here? Yeah. Like, why am I here? Like, am I here to look good? No, I'm here to do what it is I'm passionate to, about doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in it, baby. Yes. So what's another thing that's on that five mindset minefields list? Yeah. So we can go through them. So the first one is what will they think is the biggest one. Yeah. Like, that is it's what will my family think? What will my friends think? What will people who see me online think uh, that feed into other mindset minefields? But when it comes to what will they think, we also are looking for permission. 
So I think that we're in a culture and it's just, it's how we're brought up. It's like, you know, when you're at school, you've got to ask for permission. When you're at home and you're a kid, you ask for permission. And so a lot of times we're waiting for permission mm-hmm. to do certain things. It's like, can I do that? But if I do, what are people going to think? What are they going to reflect back on me? That I'm not good enough, that I don't know my staff, that like whatever it is that you're thinking. And so one of the things that you can do, if you are worried about what people will think, and when I asked this question, when I was speaking to people and doing the interviews for Play Big Brand Bold, and I said to them, what do you think people are going to think? And they told me, I'm like, has anybody ever said that to you? Like the things that you're telling me, you're worried they're going to think, has anybody? And they're like, no. I'm like, right. So in your head, you're making up the stories that people are going to think X, Y, and Z. And so once again, you've just got to make the decision that what I want to do is bigger and stronger and more important than what people are going to think. Mm-hmm. And can I just tell you, people aren't thinking anything no. because people aren't thinking about you. <laughs> and I, I, I feel really nasty sometimes saying this because we are in our own world and we're in our own head and we think, oh, all these people are going to be thinking this about me. People are so caught up in themselves and what they're doing and what's happening for them. They're not thinking about you. So when you share something that's of value, all they take away from it is the value. Mm-hmm. They're not then getting off like your stories or your lives or whatever it is you shared and going, that's interesting what, you know, Rosie's hair looked like that. <laughs> or that was really interesting that she, you know, had that sweater on. Mm. Like nobody is thinking yeah. anything. Sweater. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> but the know. point is that we project this stuff, yeah? It's stuff that we... We create our own reality and we have a choice. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, you know, somebody said, oh, I think I have a chipmunk voice. And I'm just like, nobody is listening to that. Like you just share what it is you're here to share Mm -hmm. and stop asking for other people's permission to be you and stop overthinking it, which is huge. Yeah. Just decide that the purpose that I'm here is to share this and I'm going to share it and then I'm going to get on with my work. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to dwell on it. And so that is something that I think we all need to do a bit more of. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, some of us don't suffer, suffer from that. It's been, a, you know, it's been a few years now and we're like, whatever. Yeah. And so, like I said, the more that you do it, the more it you'll become immune to it. Yeah. So I think just give it a go and keep it moving and keep sharing and you will realize that nobody's really thinking about it as much what, as you can what if someone's a bit of a douchebag and they actually do give you crappy feedback what do you do with that the haters yeah, the haters i love it you know something rachel hollis and i think i put it on my instagram it says nobody who has ever achieved more than you will ever criticize you yeah so there's a whole thing with the haters and one of my community was saying this about to me the other day she said oh i got some nasty trolls and stuff and i just said you know something, you just, I just feel sorry for them. Mm. And I'll tell you why, because they've got nothing better to do than be nasty. And one, we don't need nasty people around us. Two, they've obviously got a bit of a sad existence if that is what they get off on. Yeah. They're just going to have a go at you because their life is not great and they're not doing what they want to do. So, hey, you who's showing up and, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and facing your fear and helping people around you. Let me have a go at you and that might make me feel better. 
Mm. And so you've really got to see it for what it is. And I've had some, I'm not many, I've had like one or two nasty comments on like a Facebook ad or my YouTube channel. And I'm just, and I just, I'm like, if that's what you're spending your time doing, then, you know, you go and you do you, but I'm not going to let that affect me. Yeah. So for me, I kind of feel a bit sorry for them, if I'm honest. Yeah. But what if they're closer to home? So what if you find there's always going to be someone who doesn't like you stepping up and wants to keep you at their level. And so they're not just a troll who you can just go, I'm sorry for you, whatever. There's someone who you think that you've got a connection with and they just kind of go, yeah, I'm, I'm not liking how, how you're stepping up. I'm going to kind of bring, bring you back down a notch where you belong. Yeah. So with that, I think that when you go into business, you kind of step out of where you've been, which is where the majority of people are. Like I'm talking about you literally the majority of people either in a corporate job at home, whatever it is. Yeah. And you doing your thing now makes them feel uncomfortable once again, because they either want to keep you safe. So it could be family kind of going, no, just get a job or just do this or just do that. Like don't, don't do anything that could be risky and could cause you pain. The other thing is friends who are not in this world of entrepreneurship or business, etc. And they're just kind of like, you know, what, what are you doing? And I'm kind of scrunching my face up as I say that. And I think you've kind of got to, not kind of, you've got to protect your own headspace. Mm. So when you have, when somebody says something negative to you, you just have to make a decision. I think I just disengage because you've got to decide where you want to spend your energy. And I'm not going to spend my energy convincing you mm. that the fulfilling life path that I've chosen yeah. is right for me. Like if you don't like it, that's okay. Mm. And so it really comes down to who you end up speaking to about certain things. Yeah. So there are friends who aren't in my world. And when I say my world, I'm like who aren't in the business world. Yeah. Um, who wouldn't get what it is I'm doing and why I'm investing my time and why I love it so much. And so I talk to them about other stuff. Yeah. And then I've got my biz mates and other people who are just super supportive. So I've got mates who aren't in the business world, but who were like, go Suze, do it. And I talk to them about it. Yeah. And so you, you've just got to make a decision that I'm going to spend my energy and my time talking about the stuff I love with these people who are super supportive and who want to see me shine. Now, the other thing is, is that you might have a small circle of trusted people and you might have challenges in there. And that's not a bad thing either because they're people who want to see you succeed. They believe in what you, you're doing, but they're also really smart. And they're like, do you think you should do it like that? And I'm like, well, how else could I do it? And they're kind of contributors to a more um, robust way of thinking as well. And I've got people like that who I really value, but who also challenge me a lot of the time, but in a positive way, because I know that they want the best for me and they're really like rooting for me to succeed. Yes. Yes. I've got those two and they are, they're the lifeblood. They, they keep it interesting. They keep you on track. They challenge you, but they're your biggest cheer squad. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's good to have that. So if you've got people who you feel are bringing negative energy to the table, walk away from the table. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And there's going to be people within the business world and people outside the business world who are going to do that. And it can be a really hard choice to make, but 
um, yeah, it's it, it's something that you do have to face. And I, I, I generally call it a filter and it's not always a filter I like, but it is an important filter because I don't want that energy and I don't want... Um, I don't want to have to be justifying myself. To, there's something Brene Brown says about that, where someone else, if they're not showing up the way you are, they're not doing what you're doing and they're judging you. I don't want to hear it. Yes, it's a, her man in the arena. Yes, yes. Yeah, speech. Yeah. yeah. She talks about it in her new Netflix special as well. Yes. But, yeah, but it's always the, you know, as she kind of says, it's always the people in the cheap seats yes. who have a go at you while you're, you know, do like down in the dirt doing the work they're the ones that are kind of you know having a go and you're just like if you're not out here with me mm-hmm. you know with blood sweat and tears and doing the work you have no right to like your opinion does not matter to me yeah yeah exactly yeah so what else are people saying that's stopping them from yes so the second mindset minefield is will it work so this is once again projecting stories. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I really want to do this, but is it going to work? What's like, what's going to go wrong? Nobody's going to buy it. Nobody's going to care. Like all of these different things. And so I think that sometimes, once again, we allow fear to stop us from actually putting things out there. Now I love. I'm a massive fan of Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and mm-hmm. I started writing my book about three years ago, and I kind of went through peaks and troughs, and then I listened to I listen to it on Audible at least once a year and it's probably been about three years that she's had it out. Yeah. And every time I listen to it, I go on my walk and I listen to it, I get something new from it. And something that she said on in the book that I probably only heard maybe for the first time because it mattered right now, she's like, you know something, if you don't get your work out into the world, you'll always wonder what if. Yeah. And, you've, and you're missing an opportunity. And I, the minute I heard that, I sat down and I finished my book within the next few weeks. Like I was like, stop like sitting on this. Don't think about, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Just freaking do it. Get it out there and move on. Mm. Yeah, because that's, that's what you want to do and you put so much time into it. So I think that it is something that we think about. And one of my members were, she was talking about this at a co-working the other day as well. She's like, I just don't know if it's going to work. I'm like, stop wandering, just put it out there. And even if it fails, it's fine. It's the first time. Like we only learn how to get better by doing, putting things out there, testing different iterations, improving, getting feedback. So even with my courses and all of that, I always say I've had a lot of things in my business. Some of them have worked. Some of them have not worked. Some of the things that I love didn't work. Some of the things that I was like, nah, it's okay, worked really well. But you can only work that out when you actually put it out into the market and you see what flies. And so if that is something that is holding you back, stop wandering because you will come up with all of the excuses as to why it's not going to work and what's going to go wrong and what they're going to say and all the rest of it. So I think, yeah, will it work is the second mindset mind feels that holds us back. Uh, and I think that all I can say is just do it. Yeah. I call that the itty bitty shitty committee. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On your shoulder. A business friend of mine, Diana Petty, she introduced me to that about 12 years ago. And so you can visualize it. You're like, dude, you're, you're not needed here. You need to just back away. Yes. <laughs> and that's, they're like, a, they're like a hater in your head. 
Yes. Uh, one of the VAs on my team has actually named her Itty Bitty Shitty Committee Bertha. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. It's great. And so she's like, Bertha's in the house. And I'm like, all right, we need to tell Bertha to F off right now because, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And, you know, and it's so just labeling it and, and being okay with that and acknowledging that it isn't, um, it isn't a reality. It is just, you know, this, this little shitty thing that's sitting there and making you doubt yourself, but you have a choice whether you listen to it or not. Yeah. And Liz talks about that in big magic as well. It's like fear will always be in the car, but it's never allowed to drive. And it's never allowed to change the radio. So if you don't know big magic, go to Google and type in Marie Forleo and Elizabeth Gilbert. Yep. And there is an interview that Marie does with Liz about the book. Yep. And it's freaking awesome. Like I love it. I'm now trying to work out what the name of my, my person is because it was interesting. Like when I finished the book and I sent it off to a uh, copy editor, I was uh, lying on the pillow and having, and just thinking, and my hubby's like, what's going on? And I just said, I've just got all of those voices mm -hmm. kind of like, it's going to be crap. Like, why are you doing this? You know, people aren't going to like it. It's not going to be very good. I said, but I know that that's not true. That's just like my lizard brain talking because my I know my mind's trying to keep me safe and in my comfort zone, and so I know that those thoughts are always going to come up there, but they're not real. They're just they're just there. Yeah. And so I just need to kind of be like, yeah, okay, I hear you, but that's not true, and I'm going to do it anyway. So you can bugger off. Exactly. I'm going to have a tub of ice cream now. Thank you very much. <laughs> with you know people like in you having a copy of my book right now yes <laughs> i will get to reading it yeah i know no, no. but even that sending it through and just going hey you know can you have a read yeah it's terrifying you're like oh my god what if they look at it and go is she kidding herself this is crap um how do i nicely tell her that this is crap <laughs> and but there's there's just no point in spending time having those conversations you know you can have those conversations with yourself and make them up until the cows come home. And the worst thing about that is that your biology believes the negativity that you're bringing and so it reacts to that. And yeah. so it's a really unhealthy way to sort of sit. And so you do need to say the word, yeah, that's lovely. It's nice that you're still here. Thank you for sitting in the backseat of my car. Yeah. You need to get in the boot now. I don't, I don't want to listen to you right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that continuing to put yourself out there and continuing to feel that fear, but doing it anyway, yeah. it, is, it is not like you will feel it. Those, that voice will come up. It will, your Bertha will try and discourage you. Like that is going to happen, but you have to, and I just remember um, one of the ladies that went through Play Big Brown Bold, she just said to me, my fear, my desire to succeed is greater than my fear of failure. Perfect. And I just, I think about that all the time. Like, I, and I say it all the time. I'm just like, you have to decide how bad you want this. Yeah. Yeah, you have to decide. Do I actually want to be successful? Do I want to put myself out there? And me sitting here thinking about, will it work? And overthinking it and asking for permission and thinking what will people think is not getting you any closer to the success that you're looking for. Okay. So I think you've got to make that decision, how bad do I want this? Yeah. One of my favourite quotes, actually, surprisingly, is Arnold Schwarzenegger when he said you can have excuses or results but you can't have both. Yes. And, yeah, any time that I'm coming up with excuses, I'm like, well, pick one. You can have excuses if you want. That's fine. But you won't have results. So if you want those results, you've got to kick those excuses to the curb and just make, 
just make that decision because you can't have both. Sorry. No, who would have thought such wisdom would have come from Arnie? No, from the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon he got that advice in the future, brought it back, explained it in his own, someone else said it. And he went, I'll say it first. I'll come back and say it first. I love it. I love it. Very good. So the mindset minefield number three, which you all would have heard of, is comparisonitis. Uh, Now, for people who are starting out their business or they've been in business for a little while, especially when it comes to things like branding bold, what happens is that we go and look at everybody who does the same thing as us. And obviously with a community of VAs as well at OBMs, you've you, they're surrounded, which is great for support as well. But what you've just got to realise is that you have that uniqueness mm-hmm. that makes you different. I always say there could be 10 VAs in a room and one of them will be for me because yeah. it's a very personal thing. It's like, do, do I love what you do? Is what you do what I need? Um, does, does your personality resonate with me? Because you know, we can have communication and it's going to work really well. And so what happens is that we kind of go, I'm not like them. Mm -hmm. And the point is you're not supposed to be like them because if you were like them, then everybody would be the same. Mm -hmm. So I think that sometimes when we are trying to work out what we want to do, we kind of end up sitting and just watching everybody else. Mm. And we watch everybody else and continue to go deeper, deeper, deeper into the hole of I'm not good enough because I'm not like them. Mm, So true. And I think that that is something that really holds us back as well. And I think that it can also mean that you end up looking like everybody else because you're like, well, that seems to work for her. So if I just copy that Mm. and I do that myself and make it look the same, then it'll be as successful as as hers is. What you don't realise is that if that's unique to her, then everything goes with it, as in her personality, the way she works, what she does, her aesthetic, all of those things have now come out in whatever it is you're looking at. Yeah. And so you have to kind of sit and work out who am I, what is it that I love to do, what makes me unique, what is my aesthetic, what's my personality, and if you can create that, then that will make you stand out and you can... and. You never, I never look at any other business coaches. Oh, good idea. Mm. Like I just don't, I just don't because one, when I came into this world, I felt like a lot of them looked the same. I talk about these, they were all watercolors and mm. it was all very zen and beautiful. Yeah. Um, and for me, I wanted, I'd say to my designer, if Sunny Life and Gorman had a baby, that is my brand. Like I want it to be bold. I want it to stand out. I want it to be different. Like that is what it's about. So I think you've got to decide what is it that I love and what is going to help me to stand out for me mm. yep. and not for looking like everybody else. Yeah, that's right. I think one of the things people worry about is trying to find your new, unique selling proposition and half of that is just embracing and showing people who you are and the right people finding you. So I talk to people about finding your ideal client and that your ideal client loves you. That is like the criteria. <laughs> Someone who loves what you do, how you do it, when you do it, at the price you do it, and the pain that you're easing. They love you. That is your ideal client. Like who would go for that? And so they're not going to be able to do that genuinely unless you're just being you. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, like we are attracted to the people that 
resonate for us. Yeah. So I just think if you look like everybody else, you're going to, you're not, you're going to make it harder for them to find you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Do you want to go on to mindset, mindfield number four? I do. It's, I'm just, I'm itching. <laughs> I love it. So number four is imposter syndrome. Ah. Yes, which is everybody knows that we talk about it a lot. So there's a couple of things that I think are really important for you to think about is that imposter syndrome is obviously, as you most likely know, it is the fact that you don't feel good enough or you don't feel like you've got the skills or you don't feel like you've had enough experience or you feel like you don't look a certain way. Um, that And then that stops you from doing the things that you really want to do. And if you stop looking at everybody else and you stop looking at what they've got and what you don't have. Because I think imposter syndrome is a bit of a lacking thing. It's like I lack. So mm -hmm. my focus on myself is what I lack. Mm -hmm. And the way to turn that around is what do I have that is unique, different, amazing, great. And what I say to some of my clients is I want you to sit down and I want you to write down all of the amazing things that your clients have said about you. I want you to write down the things that make you different. I want you to write down the stuff you love to do and you know you're friggin' awesome at, mm -hmm. yeah? And I want you to start focusing on that. So that's what you talk about. That's what you project out there. That's what you, is on your website. Like, and own it. And if you don't do everything amazingly well, that's okay. Nobody does. Yeah. So just pick what you're really great at and then continue to learn. So I always think at the beginning of every year, I kind of take two days out of my business and I do my business planning and all the rest of it. And I look at my gaps. So I know I am such a geek girl, but I'm really crap at conversions. Yeah. I just like, as in looking at all of the numbers and like looking at how I can improve on that. And I've just had a couple of people on my podcast talking about it. And I'm just like, Suze, I know that that's something you have to get better at now. Does it mean I can't talk about it or that I can't teach other people through things like interviewing others on my podcast and stuff like that? No. And so I think it's just really looking at what is my gap? How can I improve it? But it doesn't mean that I'm not good generally at what I do. It just means that I'm continuing to learn. So if you do suffer from imposter syndrome, I want you to really like beef up all of the positive stuff so that it overtakes and overrides those negative thoughts of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just I think people underestimate how much they do know and the value of what they know. And sometimes knowing less and knowing it really well is, is the most powerful thing. Um, when, as we're always saying, you don't want to be a, a master of none. You want to be, you know, specializing in one area. So don't feel that that's a lacking thing. Um, just embrace it and know it and then have people around you who know the other stuff that supports it and then work together. Yeah. And you know something, and this is something that, um, um I feel like I just realized when you said that is I sometimes work with people who are in say corporate who have been in marketing and branding for say 20 years. Yeah. And I come in and we do branding strategies and projects and I could potentially feel inadequate that I've only been in it for seven years. But can I tell you me being in it for the time I've been in it, 
many times has meant I've known so much more than them because I'm constantly learning and evolving and I'm in a market where the digital world is my world on a daily basis. And even though they've got 20 years of experience, they're still old school. So for those of you who are like, I've only been in it for a year or two and I don't know enough, can I just tell you that is sometimes your edge. That is the thing that is actually keeping you more hungry. It is the thing that is making you learn more, to be aware more of what's happening around you, for you to think differently and actually not be in an old mindset of this is how it's always been done. So when you think that you don't know enough, sometimes that is going to be the thing that makes you stand out more because you're thinking about things differently and you're talking about things differently and you're doing things differently, which is exactly what people want. They don't want old school thinking. They want new thinking. Yeah, exactly right. I love that. I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> so good. Well, let's finish up on the fifth mindset minefield, mm-hmm. which is fear versus habit. So what happens is that sometimes we think that what is happening for us is fear. But in fact, it's just the fact that we've done it like that for so long that that's all we know. And so it is not actually fear a lot of the time. It's just that you're being a bit lazy, <laughs> if I'm honest. Like it's just like we, we kind of just, you know, continue to do and do and do. And we think, oh, it's going to be scary if I do that. But when you try it once, you're actually like, it's not that scary. So I have been thinking that um, Instagram's uh, live is scary. I've been thinking that for a while. Yeah. And then a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, I just thought, this is ridiculous. Like I'm on stories every day. And so I just got onto it. And after the first day and second day, I was like, what was I afraid of? But it was just a habit. Like I hadn't done it a lot. And so I just thought, well, that's going to be really scary. And then I literally did it and I'm like, that was not scary at all. Like that was so fine. And so I think sometimes because we're so stuck in our ways, we miss an opportunity. We over-exaggerate how, you know, like how we feel about it. And the minute that you start to do new things, you will start to do more and more new things. Yeah. So if you can try and do one or two things every day or every few days, that feels a little bit new and it doesn't have to be anything big. It can be just changing the way you do something. Then you'll start to get used to it and it will start to become a habit of you doing new things because that's just how it is. And now if I'm honest, I'm kind of like, what can I do that's new? What can I do that's different? How can I change up the way that I'm doing things um, to stand out in the market or to change the way I think about things or is just because I've always done this, is it right? And like, could I be doing it better? So I would just really encourage people to start to think about how can I start to do things that are different to what I have been doing? Because my habits are making me feel like this is a fear, but in fact, it may not be. So there's some deep thinking going on there. (laughs) (laughs) you'd be like okay so is that a habit or a fear and then you've got to work it out because you're just gonna to have to be brutally honest with yourself around which one it is yes and this is what i was saying right at the beginning self-awareness mm-hmm. when you when you start your own business your best friend is self-awareness because you can make up all the excuses in the world 
You can tell yourself all of the stories in the world. You can say to yourself, you're not good enough. This is not good enough. You can like, and if you do not sit in it and go and call yourself out on these things, you will never play big no, it's because true. you'll just sit in that and go, well, that's scary. And this is how I am. And this is how it's supposed to be done. And this is what everybody else is doing. So, you know, I may as well do it like this as well. So I think that if you want to start playing a lot bigger in your business, which as I said at the beginning is a choice every day to step up, show up and do things that are uncomfortable in the knowledge that it's going to get you to the end point that you want to be at, then you've got to start to look at all of this and go, okay, Suze, let's call it. Let's, let's really look at this. And let's call it like, what are you not doing? And I think a really simple way to do that is to actually go, where am I now now, and where do I want to be? And what are all of the things stopping me? Look at the things that you've written down that are stopping you and then go in and go, is that an excuse or is that reality? And let's be serious about it. Like let, let's really look at it and be honest with ourselves because if we're not going to be honest with ourselves, then I'm not quite sure why you're doing what you're doing because nobody else, you don't have a boss. Like nobody else is going to push you. So you've got to make that decision yourself. So is this an area that you coach people with to help them kind of work out where, where they're going, where they are now and, and identifying, pulling out, you know, calling, calling bullshit on stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So in my course, Play Big Brand Bold, that's the first module because I don't think, I mean, Play Big Brand Bold is really about the, having the strategy structures and systems to scale, but mm. I don't think that you can have any of that and really look at how you can scale your business without looking at where you are first. Absolutely. So where do I want to be? What do I need to do to get there? But let's actually sit and work out. Like I, and so all of the questions that I ask the women that I interview, there's like that all of those questions are in module one of Play Big Brand Bold. Mm-hmm. And we really work through all of that first to kind of go, before we can build your business, we actually have to identify why you haven't already gotten there. Yeah, what's holding you back right now from doing those bigger things? Because I'm going to ask you to do big things. That's the whole point. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because the women that have joined it have actually said to me, that is exactly what I want. Like I want to play bigger. I want to do more. I want to be bolder in my branding. And I'm like, well, then you came to the right place. It's what I'm really passionate about it. But it's terrifying as well though. I know, but it's exciting. But I do think you've got to make that decision. Yeah. Is my desire for success greater than my fear of failure? Mm. And I think that, you know, I will always take you on a journey where I will want you to continue to do new things all the time. And I can tell you now, it becomes, I think it becomes addictive. I think, I reckon it becomes, yeah, yeah. You know, I just, I'm like, what's my next fear? Let's like, let's bust through that. I love yeah, and you just and I think that becomes a way of business and a way of life mm-hmm. if you can continue to do it. And I'm not saying it's like day one and you're going to be jumping off a cliff somewhere, but you know that I think that it is the small steps that we take that lead us to where we want to go. And you know that's what I really want the women who I work with. I'm like, I'm going to ask you to do things that are uncomfortable, and I'm going to ask you to do things that you're probably going to feel really like scared to do, but I can guarantee, I'm going to guarantee you something. If you do them and you do them on a regular basis in small increments, 
it will move you massively forward. Mm. So that's the choice you've got to make. And if it's not something you really want to do, then I'm not the business coach for you. Yeah, exactly right. I think I was listening to one of your podcasts around um, selecting the right people and having for them to be um, willing to do certain things. And like, I mean, that sounds terrible, <laughs> but, um, you know, willing to make those changes and to, to push themselves. Um, if they've got more excuses in that conversation around why it won't work, then they're not going to, it's, it's just not going to work. But what about people who, um, so here we go, excuse, um, who, <laughs> who think, okay, well, I've got to do this, you know, around my kids and around my other commitments and I've got a child with a disability or I've got someone I'm caring for or I don't have much money to invest in this. What's, what do you say to, to those where there are actual physical limitations that they do need to work around? Yeah. And so one of the women that I interviewed said this, She's like, I, I, I want to play big, but my kids are really small and I don't have a lot of time and et cetera, et cetera, which is 100% legit and fine. So my question to her is right now in this moment with the life commitments that you have, what could playing big look like? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? So this is not about you have to be like me. You don't have to be like anybody else, yeah? But if I was to say to you, okay, so you've got this amount of time, you've got one day a week or you've got five hours a week, like when the kids go to bed and that you've got an hour each day or half an hour, if you were going to make the most of that, if you were going to do something big that you feel would really stretch you and make you feel like you were taking, like moving forward, what would that look like? So I'm not asking you to do seven days a week and be on Insta stories and be shooting videos and running online courses. I'm just asking you in that half an hour a day, what could you do that is playing big for you? I love that. That's really inspiring. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what could you do? Yes. We've all got our limitations in terms of time. Really? Everyone does. We have to sleep. We do have to sleep. I want to sleep. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but, yeah, I love that. What could you do with what you have available to you? And and a lot, a lot of the time, you know, we have more time than we realise and we yes. waste more time than we yes. Yeah, I was just about to say that as well. So I said at a break, I'm, I'm such a hard ass sometimes at my breakfast. Um, so <laughs> yesterday, the, one of the first questions was, I don't have time for marketing. And I'm like, if you don't have time for marketing, you don't have time for your business. Mm -hmm. Like that is the number, like where are clients going to come from? Where, like all of that sort of stuff. And I just think, you know, I've had also clients say to me, I don't have time. I'm like, literally write out your week. Like I want you to write from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to sleep. I want you to tell me what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you don't have to tell me, it's for you. And I want you to see, like, I actually sit and watch, I'm obsessed with billions. Um, so I sit and I'll watch like an hour or two of Netflix most nights and I could sit there and I could just watch it that, and I would be validated. I work my ass off all the time and I could totally do that. Or I could get like 10 hours, 10 hours, people, 10 hours, yeah. 10 hours back in my week. But let me explain something. I'll sit on the couch with my hubby watching Billions doing my Instagram scheduling. Yeah. yeah, or I will, like, be in, in the ads, I'll be reading through something. Now, I'm not saying you have to work all the hours. It's a choice. But my point is, it's a choice. So choose 
how bad you want something, choose what you're willing to do to get it and utilize the time that you have because, and I got this from Rachel Hollis, is we all have seasons in our lives where right now you might have small kids and you've only got a certain amount of time, but come five years from now when they're at school, um, hello, five days a week, nine to three, you'll have six hours a day. And at that point, you're playing big, looks a whole lot different. And so I just think you've got to take a look at what you have now and really where you're spending your time and whether you can make different choices if you want to work differently and do things differently. Yeah, definitely choices. Yeah. Next year, my youngest starts primary school and I'm just, oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> I just hope that I don't choose to sleep on the couch all day, every day. Cause that- oh, maybe, maybe for the first week, it's fine. Right, okay. You're like, I'm just going to lay about and just like do nothing for like a week or two. <laughs> I've been doing that a bit this year because she started preschool. And so I've always run my business. Like the last eight years has been around these little, you know, little taggers and trying to squeeze it in here, there and everywhere. And then so when she started, because we didn't do um, childcare, when she started doing two and a half days a week at preschool, I was like, oh, my God, like I have so much time because I've always fit everything in. I'm like, I'm just going to chill for a bit. So the whole first term, I just chilled. I was just like, no, I'm not even adding to my workload. Awesome. And now I can go, okay, now I'm ready to step it up and, and do what I need to do. I had my vacation. And uh, yeah, yeah. So you've got to, you've got to allow for it, but at the same time, just be aware of the choices that you're making. Hey, eh? I think that that is. I think that's so good as well, Rosie. Because I just want to say there'll be different times in your business when things are going really well, and other times where you've got to hustle. Like yeah, like some people like it, some people don't. I'm like sometimes I have to hustle. Yeah, which means that I'm like pulling out all the stops to make something happen, and other times having a massage at Indota. Like, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon or one o'clock in the afternoon. Once again, just like seasons in your life with the time and availability that you have, you will have seasons in your business where things are like cruising and clients are coming in and all the rest of it. And you can kind of go, you know something, today I'm going to take a day off and I'm going to do some self-care and I'm going to go visit or have lunch with that friend I've been meaning to for ages. And, uh, And then other times you're like, I am not watching billions for the next three weeks. And I'm like getting those 10 hours back in my nights and I'm going to do what I have to do. And I just think once again, you've got to be self-aware enough to know what you need to do at different stages in your life and business to achieve what it is that you want to achieve. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, um, what I found uh, a while back was that I was always working to be busy um, and not allowing myself to stop work and do my own thing. And I, and it was playing, it was wreaking havoc with my mental health. And I realized that I had non-negotiables I needed to do. So stuff in the garden or painting or whatever it was going to be. So that when I came to work, I was way more pumped and energized and in a better mindset for it. And it actually took a long time for the guilt to leave me whenever I stepped away and I had people saying, are you working today? And I'd be like really guilty thinking, oh, actually, I don't want to. I want to do this. And it took a while, but, man, have I mastered that. I am back. <laughs> guilt free, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've just got to be okay with that as well. Like I just, I think everybody finds their own groove yes. eventually. And I just think, you know, something, if it makes you more productive to spend a half day in the garden, 
and then like nail the next four hours or whatever, then do it. Instead of procrastinating for four hours and thinking about what you'd prefer to be doing, mm-hmm. you know, I just think you once again, you've just got to do what works for you and everybody's really different. Yeah. I've got a girlfriend who like works during the night and I'm like you, I love my sleep. I'm like 10 o'clock, I'm in bed, I wake up at 7, I- 7.30 sometimes. Like my kids are like, my husband's left for work already and I'm like still in bed. And, um, you know, my kids, are like, my kids are like, can we use the stove and cook eggs? I'm like, no, I'm still in bed. Let me get up before you burn the house down. Um, but, you know, but I've got friends who are completely different to me and, and that's cool. So I think you've just got to do you and work out how you work best, how you're most productive um, and, and what you need to achieve the things that you want to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And self-care is a big part of that. If you want to... You know, if you want to step up, you need to be stepping up in the best possible way. So you've got to factor that in. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people go to get some more information about you, you glorious thing you? <laughs> well, you can go to theconnectionexchange.com, which is my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like to hang out on Instagram the most at the moment. It's my playground. So I'm at Suze Chadwick, which is S-U-Z-C-H-A-D-W-I-C-K. And I hang out in stories a lot. So if you want to come and say hi, then um, catch me daily because, you know, that's, that's what I love to do. It's so fun. Um, then that's where you can find me. Well, I'm inspired by that. I'm actually really keen to start doing it. I'm just going to figure out how it all works. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the other thing. Just play. I just think, you know, something. So the one thing with stories, if it's not something that you currently use, is that you can play around with it and then you go and post it. So it's not like you record it and do all the things and then all of a sudden it like is out of your hands and it's gone. Like you have to actually physically go send and then confirm. Like there's a two step. So I just think... There's a safety barrier. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I think just, I think that's how you learn as well. Just go and play. Yeah. Play. Play. I love it. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute joy chatting with you today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See ya. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for listening to the Virtually Yours podcast, Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed. Between now and our next session, I know you're going to be hanging out to take some action on outsourcing in your business. So head on over to virtuallyyours.com.au and you can download some information there about the best ways to outsource for business growth. If you're a virtual assistant, make sure you join us. We have an amazing virtual assistant community at Virtually Yours. Aussie VAs connecting and helping each other grow. Have a fantastic day and I'll see you at the next podcast.